Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with author, speaker, and business owner, Andy Neely. He knows what it takes to become a high-performing leader, and he can help managers learn how to lead as well. Speaking, training, and leading teams have characterized his past 20 years. In addition to owning a $3 million local retail business, he currently serves as a keynote speaker, corporate trainer, coach, consultant, presenting workshops on leadership topics for numerous Fortune 500 firms. He's got a great story. Enjoy this interview. Yes, are you, Joe? Yes, this is me. How are you? Hi, pleasure pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. I know it's confusing because when I started on Podmatch, it was for jazz radio, and I branched out and was doing other things, so I have another channel. It's confusing for everybody. As long as I'm appropriate for your audience, I just didn't want to waste your time and their times. So. Yeah, no, 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 you're, you're great. Yeah. And, you know, we've all been through the bad bosses. We've all been through situations that need to be corrected. So I think this is going to hit a lot of points and I appreciate you taking time out today. Well, I'm looking forward to it. You bet. Thanks Me too. For jumping up. It's early. Yeah, you bet. So where are you located? I live in Austin, Texas. How about you? Oh, I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. That's right. I thought, I think I saw that when I was poking around. Yeah. 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 I, I music guy, do you get to the music uh, capital of the world very often? I, I don't. And I need to. In fact, I listen to Joe Rogan and he's always talking about Austin. And he was just actually just talking about it a second ago because he left LA to go to Austin. Right. He's been here a couple years now, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So. The unfortunate thing, those of us that have been here a long time, I've been here 25 years and traffic is like Southern California or Atlanta traffic and all kinds of out of state license plates. So we all kind of long for, you know, 25 years ago when it was discovered, but not really discovered. Absolutely. Yeah, I bet. So let's get into it a little bit before we get into your life and your work. I want to know, how did you get through COVID? How did you get through that time period and how has it changed the way that you do things now? So obviously we've all gotten comfortable with the camera and the microphone and that, that happened pretty rapidly in COVID. Um, physically for me, I, I will tell you, Joe, COVID changed my life in a good way. I'm kind of like some of those other guys. I, I got off the road. I'd been traveling a quarter million miles a year. I lost 30 pounds. I've become a CrossFitter. I put on 20 pounds of muscle. I am 30 years younger than I was three and a half years ago. And. Um, you know, I would not be here if it wasn't for PPP, but PPP helped out. My wife and I own some small local businesses and, uh, um, I just devoted my focus down there. We shut, we reopened. I've got a great management team and, um, and it was actually a good pivot. And so now I get to do 100,000 miles or less a year of flying instead of 250 or more. So how about you? Oh, it was good. I mean, it was, I mean, it was a harrowing time, especially with kids. I have my, uh, my son who has, he's on the autism spectrum. The two things that he loves the most in life are baseball and school. So when everything shut down, I was like, Oh man. But you know, you just, you, you figure it out. It had a monopoly on us. You get through it. But I think there was a lot of things. My whole thing through that time period is, is that there's not going to be a second of this I'm going to waste. This is life no matter what. And you got to go for it. Sink or swim, man. Yeah, that's exactly right. What can you learn and how can you become a better person and emerge from it? And the interesting thing is I would say we've emerged from it, but the world is different than it was three and a half years ago. It I don't certainly think we're ever is. going back, right? Not just not just COVID, but the social unrest and the political, you know, splitting and everything's gotten, you know, everybody's mad and part of what 
you know, I'm passionate about is you're never going to be a better boss than you are a better person. And there's yeah. probably never a, never been a more trying time for all of us managers and team members alike. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. let's get to the heart and essence of what you do for a living. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day. One of the kids looks up at you and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? I help managers who want to make sure they're leading well know what it takes to become a good leader and not just a project manager. So when you were a kid, when you were in the third grade, what was your dream? What did you want to be when you grew up? I'm not sure I'm smart enough to remember that, but this <laughs> this passion around no bad bosses, no bad leaders, it has been growing in me for decades at this point. I had a couple of bad bosses early in my career. I've also got a couple of very powerful role models. And so um, so I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. You know, the Blues Brothers, we're on a mission from God. I'm on a mission from God to to help managers, not just manage things, but lead people well. So let's go back to your childhood. Tell me where you were born and raised and how these seeds got into you to lead and help others. Well, I was born in Ohio. My folks moved to South Side of Chicago while I was young, spent my youth there. And in um, high school days, my folks moved to Phoenix. And I lived there, met my wife in Arizona at college uh, and lived in Phoenix up until 99 when uh, she got um, offered a job at Dell. And my job already had me on the road. We were ready to leave Phoenix. That's what brought us to Austin. So born in the Midwest. My faith became real important to me, Joe, at a very early age. I come from a unchurched, unfaith family, but Jesus just decided he had a heart for this little seven-year-old boy. And and so my early role model on what's it mean to be a good human was Jesus and some role models around me as I was going to church with friends and in youth group and Christian camping ministry and stuff like that. And so that was some of the early role modeling was what would a, in the best sense of the world, a, a Christian father, a Christian husband, a Christian business owner, a Christian boss, how would he or she try to reflect how Jesus would treat people? And then I worked in the construction industry when I was in high school and college. And I think much of my experience, Joe, was epitomized by Jerry, who uh, we were going from job site to job site. He was driving the truck. He was the crew lead. I was his helper. I was sitting in the passenger seat, filling out paperwork from the job. He was so angry. I can't even remember what he's angry about. He opened the stapler up and hit me in the leg with staples four times, driving them deep into my leg. And, and you know, I was a 17-year-old kid at the time. I didn't know what was up, but I knew Jerry is not just a bad boss. He's just a bad person. Yeah. And and so when I when I look at the model that I had from from the life of Christ and I look at the model I had from bad bosses along the way, I God just awakened in me a heart to, you know what, if you ever are in a position of leadership, Andy, serve your people. And if you've got a voice to help other people. Now, you know, Joe, part of what I hope we talk about is that that's a challenge because bosses have to make hard decisions. You have to fire people. You have to let people go. You have to put people on plan. You have to not give raises. You have to not relocate people. I mean, it's, 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 you can't just be nice. I will draw a distinction between being nice and being kind. Part of a leader's job is to make the hard decisions. You've got to ensure the viability of your organization next year, which means if you need to let somebody go this year, you're not their friend, you're their boss. So there's a tension and a balance there between being a good leader, being a servant leader, but that doesn't mean you're a mamby-pamby servant leader. 
So in the annals of business, American business especially, what leader or what business model do you admire the most? So Robert Greenleaf wrote a book uh, 25 years ago called Servant Leadership. Um, and in it, he kind of captured these principles of uh, the, the leader that's really a, a mature leader understands he's at the bottom of the pyramid rather than at the top of the pyramid. Steve Sample, former president at USC, wrote a book, The Contrarian's Guide to uh, Leadership. And then uh, Bill Bill North, who headed up Service Master for a number of years, um, wrote a book called True North. And, and all of these guys got leadership right. It's about strategy and vision and, and, uh, but it's also about, you know, your first customer are the team members that are serving your organization. So in the realm of business or even otherwise, if you can meet one person alive right now and really feel as though you could benefit from, from that meeting, who would it be? It probably would be Bill North. He, he, uh, he wrote, uh, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. The, Book is True North. What's Bill's last name? Let me pull it up real fast. Sure. Uh, you tell it's been a long rattly day. I, oh man, forget about it. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Bill George. Discovery. Bill George. Yeah. Okay. So he's, he's retired. He's probably in his, you know, seventies at this point. Um, but he turned service master, which is one of these invisible businesses, unless you own a unit of it to, into a, a huge company um, by doing what we talked about. He served his people, but that didn't mean he rolled over and played dead. He made hard decisions. He, he, uh, you know, he made the right decisions. Um, yeah. And the, yeah, that'd probably be it. So we all have our role and obviously, you know, there's people that just go and they work and they make the money and they go home. There's others that are more highly driven. And then there's people that come from your ilk where you're trying to help everyone recognize many aspects of business and to become better. What is the fuel for you? What is it that motivates you every day to be you and to help others get to that place? Yeah. So, you know, when I was developing my website and brainstorming with some creative types, no bad bosses is what kind of came up on the short list. But of course, you and I both know you can't really market positively in, in the LinkedIn space with a negative message. So, um, I, I think what gets me up in the morning is trying to be a better boss and trying to help other well-intentioned managers. I particularly work with frontline managers where a lot of them, Joe, they were good performers. And as a result, they got promoted and now they're in charge of a team of eight instead of just being one of the eight. They mean well, but they don't know what it means to be a leader and not a manager. And these four leadership necessities that I think you either found on my website or was in my profile on Podmatch, character, competence, conviction, and covenant. If, if a manager is working on developing those four areas, you know, nobody ever knows if they're a high performing leader. That's kind of a, somebody else has to decide that five years after you're done. Yeah. But if you're working hard at these four leadership necessities, you're doing the work of a high performing leader. So what has been one of the best client success stories that always puts a smile on your face? Got some horror stories of bad clients that <laughs> hid from me. Um, I did a bunch of work at Cisco, the big tech company, uh, gosh, more than 10 years ago. And, and we, we did a ton of work around coaching for top performance. And, and they would say, I worked inside their sales organization and they would say, 
they delivered the best numbers they ever delivered primarily because their managers were coaching and not just yelling um, at their team members. So that, that would be a great win. More recently, I just did some work with a local, the Texas Independent Bankers Association, about 300 community bankers who um, don't get much training. They're, they're not Harvard folks. They're not MBA folks. They're the son of the father who founded a bank in a small community out in rural Texas. And being able to talk to them about what it means to be uh, a leader and not just a manager, um, I just saw some very significant attitude changes, some very significant improvement in performance in the groups that I was working with. So that that would be more recent, probably. Texas Community Bankers Association. So of all the things you've accomplished and done in your life, what are you the proudest of? Got a wife who's been married to me for more than 40 years and still thinks I'm pretty special. And a 31-year-old daughter who says I'm the best dad anybody could ever have. So that's hard to beat that. Hard to beat that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what a great set of questions. I just, you know, the whole goal of guys like you and me is to be interested rather than interesting. And so I'm always trying to put the ball in the court. You just asked me a bunch of questions that I'm going to look forward to this interview. Right on. I love it. And that's what we want the audience to do. So that's the goal. So let me ask you this. Of, of all of the things that you've done in your life, we have this timeline of things that we live through. We gain wisdom. So if you have a dream tonight, you run into the 20-year-old version of yourself. You give that version of you a piece of advice. What is it? What do you tell that version of you based on the wisdom you've gained in your life up to this point? Uh, don't be afraid of the hard things. You will will survive and indeed if you lean into them you'll be better afterwards so as the person that gives advice and coaches and helps others you're ultimately the leader of a lot of things and there's people that have perceptions of you family friends clients colleagues but you're in control what is your perception of you who do you think you are I'm somebody who's passionate about making the world a better place by making anybody who's in a position of leadership or influence recognize it's a scary stewardship position rather than a I'm going to get it for me position. And I think that is balanced with a deep faith in God that tells me, you know what, as long as I'm trying, even when I trip and fall on my face, I can get back up and try again. So Andy, if anyone wants to hire you, learn more about you, anything pertaining to your world and business, where can they go? NeelyLeadership.com. And Joe, the only thing tricky is my last name is spelled a little distinctively, but you've gone through life having people misspell your last name, right? Of so, course. <laughs> a lot of vowels. <laughs> the other thing, Joe, is when I started doing PodMatch you know, a year ago now, they told me I ought to have some type of offer. I've got a, a, a an eight-page ebook on leadership conversations that is at leadershipmaterials.com and anybody at the end if you ask i'll make that available to anybody okay interesting so tell me about the cool artwork behind you this is like jazz art rather than paint by number art yeah i'm a visual artist i'm a busybody so that's my work in fact, my wife is a school teacher and she has the original in her room right now. By day, I'm an IT technician for a school district okay. and she's a fifth grade teacher. 
So yeah, that's just supposed to be a representation of the United States, but that's kind of my style. I kind of do the bold colors and abstract kind of vibes. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Glad you like it. Well, I, you know, when I was looking at your original website and thinking, man, I, I hope I'm the right fit here. I'm thinking, you know, even in the world of jazz, I'm almost embarrassed to say I'm a Kenny G rather than a Miles Davis guy. And I hope that doesn't like disqualify me from having conversations. It's just. You know what's funny? Uh, one of my best friends, my son, my son's name is Miles after Miles Davis. Uh, my son's godfather called me up about a year ago and said, dude, this documentary on Kenny G on HBO is crazy good. Like no one really knew about him. And they, the, I can't remember the name of the song. It's one of the main Kenny G songs. They maybe to this day still play it in China over loudspeakers in the city to motivate people. So it's like, the, the amount that no matter where you're at on the whole like timeline of jazz, you can never deny that at the end of the day, his influence and reach and what he did was unprecedented on a lot of levels, you know? So well, I've got on my little stereo over here, I've got Friday afternoon jazz playing right now with a coffee mug on my YouTube channel. And so, nice. all right. So, nice. so you're telling me I'm forgiven. It's okay. Oh, you, there was nothing to forgive. You're good. <laughs> Well, so there's your background. Let me unblur. In fact, I was going to ask you, when I am like leading Zoom sessions, you're obviously always trying to find a place to build rapport. I'm a slalom water skier. And oh, so cool. so it oftentimes leads to some really good conversations about water and grandparents and fishing and, yeah. and stuff. Do you want me to blur my background or leave that back there? You can leave it back there. That's fine. Yeah. 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 No, that's cool. No, that's 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 fascinating. No, I and and that that's really that's kind of the crux of what I wanted to cover with you. So thank you so much for taking time out today. I appreciate it. And best of luck. And then in the whole social media thing, you'll let me know when you get this post-production and put it up and I can, I can promote it on my LinkedIn as well and stuff. You'll be the first to know. <laughs> I better be. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, Joe, you're helping me end my Friday on a high note. Thank you. Yeah, you, me, me as well, man. Thank you for your time. Best of luck. I love what you're doing. So keep up the good work, man. All right. So, Thank what, you, sir. and are we, are you going live now or do we come back again or how's it work? Oh, no, we did it. That, that was it. Oh, that was it. Yeah. We did it. Are I you okay with it? I, I was perfectly fine. You just had me talking about stuff. So. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's how I do it. I really right. like, I really like to delve into your world and what you're doing and who you are. And it's kind of going to be a good, a good segue for us to go from the blur to what you said about waterboarding. So I, I think we're good. I think, I mean, it, it, it's weird because it throws people off because I come from jazz radio and we just dive in. You just riff. We okay. just go. So it's yeah. all improv and you were, you were awesome. And, and I love the self reflection there where you were like, this is great. We're getting right to it. So I think you, what you did, which is funny this morning saying, am I jazz enough? You were totally jazz about the whole thing. <laughs> great. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, it's so interesting because I've been on a bunch of these now where the first 10 minutes is all of this. And then somebody says, all right, now I'm going to hit the record button and we'll start the interview. And it's like, I, Joe already did the interview with me. I, I'm, I'm done early. You're free, so. man. You're good. Right. You get, you get to enjoy your Friday and go right into the weekend. That's right. That's right. Oh, you're a good man, Joe. I hope we find other reasons to interact together. That'd be, that'd be great for me. Absolutely. We'll stay in touch, sir. Thank you for your time. 
All right. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Thank you.